It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Well, another week's come and gone, and another week's come and gone, and as the old song used to go with Gordon Lightfoot, sundown, you better take care. Well, sundown's going a lot earlier now. We're on standard time, no more daylight time, and boy, does it get dark real early. But not only dark real early right here in America, it's dark worldwide. We still have people are in our country, especially our government, who are now thinking that uh, genocide is the real thing. It's like, uh, you know, like, what was it called? Cancel culture and then doxing and, you know, all these silly things um, that the uh, social media does. And it, God forbid you should even think about saving lives. I just, a uh, friend of mine in the Gulf sent me a, a video today of the Gulf states talking about uh, coming to some kind of a solution, not a two-state solution, but a solution to stop the bombing so that they can get aid in there. And I guess you'd call it a ceasefire or something. And, uh, you know, these are our allies. These are what, now let's just be clear. This is the national security house. So we're going to talk about what's happening here. And this is a national security issue. How do you keep saying that you have allies when you don't even want to listen to them? That only one ally counts, right? We have many allies. This is the United States of America. And uh, we always speak about our NATO partners, the EU and so on and stuff like that. But for some reason or another, when our allies in that region, that part of the world are calling us and saying, hey, guys, you know, can we get together on something? And they just hosted this uh, Gulf meeting in uh, Manama, Bahrain, with the various leaders. Now everybody's going to laugh and say, well, you know, eh, they're Arabs and they're Muslims. Oh. No, it's it's legitimate. Uh, we don't listen to people. We just talk and we, we tell people what we want. And then when, uh, you know, the only democracy in the Middle East says jump, we ask how high. And why am I saying this on the opening of the show today? Because I want to I want to bring in my co-host, Dr. Michael Scheuer, who's just been, I guess, his name has now been used on the X, former Twitter, all week long. People have been quoting him and uh, putting things up on the uh, on the uh, social media, on X, things that Michael said many years ago. In fact, I posted one article that he, he wrote back in 2011 at uh, some national security briefing uh, at a school, which was, I think, the Mitchell Hamill Law School of this, uh, whatever, uh, where he spoke uh, for quite some time about why, in quotation marks, why uh, we should listen to Osama. And then all of a sudden, this Twitter thing or X thing freaks and kids are like, wow, I never heard Osama's speech. And these little YouTube started talking, you know, showing up uh, with Osama speaking about the martyrs who hit uh, the World Trade Center. He names them and he tells you what they did and they were great martyrs and so on. But I don't think we would have had that. I don't think we would have had that because um, for a long time, uh, as Michael Scheuer was the the uh, chief at the Alex station at the CIA, 
monitoring what's going on in Afghanistan and in the Middle East and sounding the alarm bells like, hey, <laughs> you guys, you better start listening. But, you know, neocons and war, <laughs> war hogs or, or whatever, what do they call them? Hawks. Hawks, um, yeah. Hawks. They didn't listen. So, Mike, let me introduce you. Come back. Come into the show. Welcome back. It's Thank Monday you. again. And, Mike, you know, you just lit up the social media, and it's amazing that, you know, all of a sudden now, because young people are, let's say, siding or listening to Palestine, or young people are are, are re, what do you say, reposting this Osama, uh, the words of Osama, and reading Michael Scheuer, um, for some reason or another, these kids are bad, they're bad news now. However, for four years, six years, eight years, 24 years, 30 years, 50 years in the universities, when they were pumping that bullshit doctrine, Marxism, communism, socialism, hate America, America's no good. And the money was flowing. It was being pumped in by billions and billions of dollars of endowments. Nobody said a freaking word. Right? No. But now... It was, it, was, it was the sound of silence, Simon and Garfunkel, okay? So now, all of a sudden, these names, <laughs> who happen to be descendants of or American Jews or whatever, uh, are pulling this money out. Billions of, oh, we're not going to donate to Columbia. We're not going to, like, excuse me. I was in high school, I knew NYU was bad news. Yeah. I was in high school, I knew Columbia was bad news. When I was in high school... It was a known fact. You don't want to go to Dartmouth, NYU, or Columbia. Okay? And that was back in the 60s, Mike. Yep. Okay? And and remember, that was the weather on the ground. That was, uh, you know, all of the shit that happened uh, during the 60s. You know what I mean? The heirs, the Bill heirs, and, and, and what's her name? His partner there, uh, Dorn. Okay? Yes. All that stuff was going on. So, Mike... I want to give you the time. I want to give you the mic. What was it, Mike, that made you speak about Osama telling us what he meant and what he felt and why we should have listened? Why we should have listened to Osama? Let's give let's give the National Security Hour. Okay, let let's let them hear what you talked about. Well, I, what I what happened, Colonel, was that when we began to work. Uh, on this particular target, it coincided more or less when he began to talk publicly. And he was a very calm uh, individual, well-spoken uh, and directly spoken in his in the transcripts of his uh, talks and messages and letters. He, he insisted on telling us, telling the Americans, what he was mad at and uh, why people agreed with him in the Muslim world. And more than that, what he intended to do. And he very, very quickly at the beginning uh, identified the, the problems that he had and the, thus his movement and thus at least the younger part of the Muslim world had with the United States and and their allies, some of their allies, especially the British. For example, he spoke very often of you've kept you've kept almost anti-Islamic, uh, in the true sense, tyrants in power 
from Morocco to uh, Saudi Arabia and many places in between since the end of the Second World War. You've kept the pressed the price of oil down uh, to what you thought was acceptable and there, thereby deprived us of uh, a proper return on our, our natural resources. He argued that um, uh, we had also gone out of our way to help people uh, or, or turn our back on people uh, who were committing atrocities against Muslims, that we, wouldn't, we weren't criticizing what the Indians were doing to, to Muslims, for example, in their own country, what the Chinese were doing to the Muslims in their country. And uh, uh, he he moved on, and then we 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 talked about the or he talked about the keeping of American military equipment in the Holy Land of Saudi Arabia. And while we think you know, well, we're the Americans, we're gonna, we're we're protecting the Saudis. Well, we're protecting the Saudi tyrants. We're not protecting the Saudi people, and we're defaming the 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 religion of both. All of these things. Colonel seemed to be a little too complicated for most um, American policymakers, congressmen, senators, um, uh, civil servants, and and they they said, "Well, who's he to challenge the United States? Um, why should we listen to him?" And the more I read, and the more we developed new information on on Osama bin Laden, the more it became clear that his voice was resonating in all parts of the Muslim world, whether it was the Philippines, Malaysia, and Indonesia, uh, throughout European uh, cities and, and, and uh, communities of Muslims in the United States. And it, 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 it didn't frighten me, but I'm, I'm thinking of the example of, say, General Giap, who told us exactly how North Vietnam was going to defeat the South and the Americans. And before that, most everybody on earth um, um, disregarded the words of Adolf Hitler in Mein Kampf, which basically drew a, a, a very clear picture of what uh, he intended to do if he and his party gained power. Both Giap and, and uh, Hitler were very uh, helpful if you were willing to take their help in understanding where the world would go if they had a say in it. We had no interest in that. We, um, we to give uh, to ask somebody in in the government to take more than six or eight minutes to read something, or to uh, make them uh, treat people as people. And when they saw a picture of Osama bin Laden with a long beard and in a robe, and a, and some kind of a turban. Uh, you know, they laughed and discounted him because of how he looked. And that's that's where I really began to 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 consider that this is a disaster in the making. If you don't listen to your enemy and if you don't less, at least give him the courtesy of listening to him and seeing what he's saying. And you can disregard everything he says, but you ought to know what he's thinking. Because times change and people are able to get more assets or more weapons or more people following them, two years can make a lot of difference or four years or six or however many it is. 
uh, 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 power grows. As you've been saying very clearly in, in the last couple of programs, now, Turkey is not the Turkey of 2010. As you say, Erdogan is a smart guy, and he's got an army that is first rate. Well, Osama lacked those things. He had a better mind than Erdogan, clearly. But more than that, he knew our country. He knew our weaknesses. He knew that the corporations controlled uh, the U.S. Uh, government. He oh, and the other, the other, uh, the other one I should have mentioned, probably the primary one in in uh, discussions of of the Middle East today. Is Israeli is the Israeli uh, what he determined what he thought was the the theft of Muslim land uh, in what is now Israel and and uh, in Gaza, and he, his point there was, uh, why are you supporting the Israelis by giving them weapons to kill Muslims? You know what is what is the goal of the United States on that? What is the reason? And he was very outspoken. He said, you know, Israel exists because of the United States. As you said, uh, the Israelis say, do this or jump, and, and we say, how high? That was his point of view. And if you look at our relationship with Israel over the years, for the most part, with some exceptions, it's been a story of uh, we... Uh, uh, do whatever they want, whatever they say they need. We defend them in international councils when they've done things that, if you believe in international law, are clearly against international law. But we are the great democrat, the date great democracy, the great upholder of the law. But we, if they if they happen to do, uh, commit war crimes, we we're happy to turn our head the other way. So Bin Laden has basically said these things. And to me, it was more than enough for um, to to consider him a threat to the United States. And then when he published a declaration of war against the United States, in a sense, uh, taking the opportunity to warn us before he actually attacked us, uh, and we disregarded that completely. So that's where I came. That's how I came after it that we, A, would not listen to an enemy that turns out to be a, turned out to be a very worthy enemy. And we did not consider how our security could be affected if he was sincere in what he was saying and had the tools to, um, to, to, to take action against us. And what really surprised me, I came to Osama bin Laden after spending a long time on the war, the Afghans' war against the Soviets, and and went and he fought in that, not as a leader, not as a, a you know some kind of a figurehead or a speaker, but as a, a infantryman of sorts, an insurgent. And that experience certainly formed part of his thinking. It apparently had no impact on us that a superpower like the Soviet Union could be defeated by the Afghans. Now, we helped in the sense of providing them with arms, but they did all the fighting. And then after, after it was over, they, the Afghans who had actually fought and bin Laden who had supported them and the rest of the foreign Muslims who supported them were just shunted aside in the making of a new government there 
And we put in former communists, people who lived and made pizzas in New York or, or Rome. Bob, kebabs in Springfield, Virginia. Yeah. And we brought them all back and said, okay, thanks, you all you, you people who fought and who got killed or, or, or crippled, and all your families that got killed. Thanks. You did a good job. Now we're taking over. And, you know, that's, that's, I, I just felt that why are, why do we misunderstand people so often? The Afghans are. All right. Not- all right, Mike, we're going to continue, Mike. We got to continue. This is, this is good. This is good stuff for the show. You're on with the national security hour on the America out loud talk radio network on iHeartRadio, the voice of freedom, the out loud truth, where you come to hear military and Intel experts. And today you're hearing it from an Intel expert. Okay. Dr. Shoya was with the agency many years. Uh, we're going to continue this conversation because it's needed. It's needed to to let people on the National Security Hour who listen to the National Security Hour, to, to people who listen to AmericaOutloud.news. It's needed because this thing blew up on Twitter this week or X. And uh, we want to continue because <laughs> they're saying, why are these kids thinking about what Osama said? Well, we have another thing coming up as soon as we go to the break. On the other side, we have something coming up that's going to be a coincidence. And Mike says it's never a coincidence. We'll see you on the other side. Time for a commercial break. Millions of Americans are needlessly suffering from the long-haul effects of the toxic spike protein. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at the Wellness Company designed their spike support formula to counteract harmful spike protein from COVID-19 and vaccines so you can feel your best. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. Welcome back to the National Security Hour on America Out Loud Tech Radio Network on iHeartRadio, the voice of freedom, the out loud truth, where you come to hear military and intel experts. America Out Loud Talk Radio plays on the iHeartRadio Network. You can also hear us and listen to us on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have the best in-class apps. That's Apple, Android, and Alexa, AAA. We stream 24-7, and now you can also hear them on the podcast on the same apps. 
all of our shows go to podcasts, typically one to two days. And now it's really one to two days. Used to be one, sometimes busy. So it's one or two days after the broadcast is heard on talk radio. And you could hear them on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart, and many, many more. Be sure to subscribe, rate the show on Apple Podcasts for us. That's important because Apple gives you like some of the best numbers, really. And be sure to make AmericaOutloud.news your daily stop for the latest news and happenings. We all must do our part, share the stories, the articles, the videos, so that we can keep and help uh, secure America's future. You could find out more about the show and get all the latest podcasts if you go to the menu nav bar at AmericaOutloud.news under our show schedule, and you'll be in the know. Now, with liberty and justice for all, as Malcolm says, I'm coming back to Dr. Mike. Dr. Mike. That was great. First first segment, really great. And this is what I'm getting at. It's not just what these kids are doing on X and what's happening. Like just, just today, I saw an article, Billy Graham of, I'm sorry, Franklin Graham went to go pray with ne- uh, Bibi Netanyahu, who's a known atheist. I don't know who they were praying to, maybe the golden calf, whatever. But here we are. You have to understand, Mike, there's so much out there. We had... Uh, Colonel Black on last show talking about three battalions moving from the fence and people ask, well, what do you think really happened? What do you think really happened? Was there an intel? Well, again, don't forget, he, he's not a popular guy. In fact, they're looking to bring him to the International Criminal Court or something. And, you know, he wants to stay in power. But let's get back to the basics, to the American people, to the people around the globe listening to the show in the Middle East, you guys who are listening, thank you for that. I want to thank my friends in the Middle East for sending me that video today about the conference in the Gulf. And um, I, I, I just, you have to think about this. Here's a guy who wanted his whole country vaccinated. Are we, are we on the same page, everybody in America? Okay, the vaccine guys, okay. Um, yet we're supposed to support this guy who wanted genocide before the uh, Palestinians the Hamas guys attacked, right? And this is a known WEF member. Bibi Netanyahu, like many people in our country, they're WEF members, you know? You could call them what the, the, the WTF members too, right, Mike? But um, WTF, what WEF, it's the same thing. However, let's get back to the Sultan for a second. Like you said in the last segment, Mike, how long does it take for, for them to drive uh, equipment or backup or uh, aid from Turkey to to the West Bank. How long would that I knew, take? I, you know, I had not known and surprised me. I heard Colonel McGregor say today on one of his broadcasts that it would take the the mechanized forces of Turkey uh, at, uh, no more than twelve or fourteen hours to get to the Golan Heights. That's like New York to Florida. Okay. Yeah. That's I, like New York to Florida. Yeah. Okay, so we mechanized army. It's not just just soldiers marching. They move their men. Right. So now let's tell the people, let's tell the people, NATO ally, Turkey, NATO ally, Turkey could be there in 12 hours. Now, has has the Sultan Erdogan, has he called for a ceasefire? Has he said, hey, we need to put some aid in there? Hey, you guys got to stop. He's he's mentioned many times to America, direct to America and the EU. If you don't do something, we're going to do something, right? So this is another ally. So like you have the Israeli ally, you have the EU ally, you have the NATO ally. This is your ally, you know, in NATO asking for a little bit of a, a ceasefire and let's get some things in there. But you know what they're, they're saying? We, we can't have a ceasefire. We just, you know, 
they apparently from uh, Gerald, uh, what's the name, Salenti up in Bronx, New York, upstate. He yeah. said there's more bombs dropped on Gaza than Hiroshima at this point. There's more tonnage of bombs, okay, that's, that's been dropped. And I don't think he would be inaccurate, okay? Yeah, he seems that, to be a pretty accurate guy. Yeah, so, yeah. and that's Gerald Salenti up upstate New York, who's from the Bronx. So we're just, you know, who who's kidding who at this point? Okay, everybody's ticked off that the kids are listening, and and there, there's all these protests. Oh yeah, listen, I'm I'm not for defaming or or defacing any monuments. I'm I'm ticked off about that. You don't you don't have to defame anything. Okay, this is our country. Whether you're born here or whether you're visiting here or whether you, whatever, you could protest all you want, but you just don't defame this stuff. Okay, but you notice what happened with our American government? They got their ass kicked in down at the DNC. Nobody's locked up, right? And there's no J6 issues going on. There's no J6 issues. Nobody's nobody's getting charged with defacing anything, right? So this was permitted to happen. But uh, listen, the cat's out of the bag. You were teaching them Marxism. You were teaching them socialism. You were teaching them communism, okay? It's, it's for generations now. And now they bit you in the ass. That's the only thing. Mike, is there any way I could say it better? No, well, that's exactly right. You know, the Democrats, especially, uh, they, their professors, who they more or less own ideologically and probably with money, have been teaching, taught first hatred for Muslims, and then at some point the 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 train changed tracks, and now they've been treating, uh, they've been teaching uh, anti-Israel uh, feelings, pro-Palestinian, pro-Arab feelings. So. Uh, they apparently didn't inform the Jewish Americans who are the Democrats' uh, biggest uh, donors. And so now they're in a little snit and they're going to try to take their money out of those schools or kind of renege on their promises of donations. You know, there's one thing I I, I thought, at least, that I found out during my career at the agency was that we really didn't have allies, whether it was in NATO or among the Arabs. What we had was people who liked our money. NATO quickly turned into an organization where the Americans were the leaders, commanders, and everything. But we were we paid over the years uh, since its creation a greater a greater and greater part of their um, uh, defense budgets. You know, and I think they must have figured well for for NATO. Uh, you know, it's a little bit demeaning to be bossed around by the Americans, but it's better than spending our own money to defend ourselves. Well, that permitted them to pay nine dollars a gallon of gasoline like 15 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I think it's the same way like the as the as the Arabs are. The Arabs were were never going to be allies with us in the sense of friends. Um, the religious differences and the societal differences between us. Uh, are just too big um but we fell for the 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 smile from the arabs and the the generous uh entertainment that you got from arab uh, governments when you went there we took that as um friendship what it what it was was really just part of keeping the american dollar flowing into the muslim world and 
to make sure that there was enough blonde-headed, blonde-haired, blue-eyed American kids to fight their battles, whether it was against uh, uh, Saddam Hussein or or any other kind of problem, or if one of these tyrannies, these kings in the Middle East needed help to be supported and kept in power, here comes the Americans. And I think at some point we really foolishly decided that these people were really our allies. And now you can see that they weren't. We should have seen it sooner. And and, uh, and the founders said, listen, there are real no, no real allies. We should never have treaties that involve political connections or military connections, except in dire, a dire emergency, and then only for a short time. Well, Mike, let's go back. Like you said, you don't have allies. Okay. Um, post-colonial Gulf, Gulf era, the Brits are out and they're pretty much running their own show, right? But well, post-colonial, yeah, but, but, but post-colonial, who runs the majority of the businesses, the, the financing, the banking and everything in those countries? The Brits till this day. And also, we don't have a, Colonel, we don't also, have a piece of that. So, uh, there's many retired British intelligence officers who serve in in executive positions, at least when I was at the agency, in various intelligence uh, bureaus that belonging to the Arabs. Um, it's it's the, and they get a lot of money for doing it. But the British almost everywhere you look in the Middle East that there's a problem, a festering problem. It's it's the it's the uh, British sure. behind it. Yeah. Now, for Palestine, you know, what right does anybody in Britain have to to guarantee Palestine to be a Jewish homeland? I mean, that that that's a kind of a step too far, isn't it? Especially because the because the British didn't um, do anything to 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 merit that ability. In fact, uh, once they got the Israelis in or the Jewish from. Jewish people from Europe in there or from America or from around the world, um, they started killing the British till the British left. But uh, it's, it's a, it's a sad situation. We, We are, we are, Americans are the most naive people on earth when it comes to working with others. It's great when you can work with others. We worked with one intelligence service, in uh, the Middle East, and we broke the back of uh, Ayman Zawahiri's group, the Islamic Jihad, Egyptian Islamic Jihad, with very little um, media coverage, very little leaks, but we broke the back of them. And that's why he went to Afghanistan to join up with bin Laden, because his own organization was a wreck. So, but we never thought of the Egyptians as more than uh, partners who on some issues would do what we wanted them to do because our intentions matched their intentions. What helped our national interest helped their national interest. And that's that's the way you should look at everybody. No one's your permanent um, ally, your, your permanent friend, um, especially across cultures and across languages and across religions. You know, you, if you have an agreement with somebody for a short period of time to do a specific thing with a so-called ally and it succeeds, good for you. But don't build that into something that really wasn't there. The truth of the matter on NATO is they didn't keep the peace between the wars. 
NATO didn't keep the peace. What kept the peace was mutually assured destruction. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's NATO has been enshrined as kind of the the champion of stopping the Third World War. Well, (laughs) no, they they I guess they did in the sense that the French and the the French and the uh, English had nuclear weapons, but theirs did not have the uh, impression, the ability to make an impression on the Soviets as much as ours did in our technology. So mm-hmm. it's a it's a world, government is a world of people who are educated at supposedly the best universities and are among um, the least knowledgeable and certainly the least commonsensical people you will ever meet in, in your whole life. You can get more common sense out of a out of the local uh, plumber than you can out of most people you deal with in the government. And mm-hmm. getting back to bin Laden, they, they, they never recognized that they were facing an enemy that met, said, what, what, what is the saying? Says what he, he meant. meant what he said. He said what he meant. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, and it 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 was just clear to me, you know, perhaps because I tried to be someone like that. If I meet, if I say something, I mean it. Um, but he was very clear about what he was going to do, and to think that we should be surprised by what happened on nine eleven, uh, is is kind of idiocy. Uh, not that we knew ahead of time it was going to be planes instead of boats or, you know, planes instead of uh, car bombs. But the the fact that we were attacked was a surprise, they say. The only thing that surprised uh, me or the people I worked with, the only surprise there was anybody in the U.S. government was surprised that it happened. Because we had, with with our... Temporary allies in the in the intelligence world, we had um, provided more than enough information that something uh, would happen that that we could have we could have ended it in by early ninety seven at least we could have ended Osama bin Laden and whatever power he had to direct multinational forces in the Arab world in the Islamic world rather. But no one would listen. No one wanted to listen. No, 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 no. Well, they listened, but when when push came to shove, they clearly hadn't listened thoroughly, and they really discounted it. They they were worried if some Arab civilians got killed, it would somehow be disastrous for the United States. Stay right there, Mike. If some Arab civilians got killed, but they have no problem with Palestinians getting killed today. No, and they have no problem giving $14.5 billion to the Israelis when there's hungry Americans, where there's Americans who are having their homes and ranches and cattle and sheep and whatever being killed by the garbage that that the government is letting come across the border in mass. It's uh, it's it's there's no one in this Congress who gives a damn in either house about the future of Americans. They got theirs. And they feel very good about sending off $14.5 billion to a, a country who never thinks twice about uh, compromising us, whether it is by suborning American citizens to sign from them, to spy for them, whether it's taking our technology gratefully and then sharing it with people like China. Uh, they're, they're double uh, 
oh, they're doubly uh, troublesome. They're troublesome. Well, they just well, it's just like having Biden have this big uh, this big meeting for uh, Xi Jinping, the Chinese guy out in San Francisco. Yeah, you know, right off the red carpet. What what I really was shocked at watching a Marine hold a communist. Party flag, the CCP flag. That was very unusual. Yeah, very yeah. unusual. So, yeah. so are we surrendered already? How does this operate? I mean, can we get some of these guys on this America Out Loud News Network to tell us when you have a communist flag of being held by a Marine, is that a, a sign of surrender? What is that? Tell us. All right, well, we're coming down to the final minute before we go to break, Mike. But a uh, very interesting conversation today, and, and we just want to. Uh, make a full disclosure here. We're not anti-Semitic. Okay. We like cinnamon on French toast. Uh, we like cinnamon and uh, pancakes. So we're we're not anti-Semitic. We don't want you to take it wrong. If you have anything to say, you go to twomikes.us. You can make your comments. You can email us however you want to do it. Go to the website and uh, say, hey, I, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying this show today. Or say, I just don't understand what the hell you're saying. Israel's our ally. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I got a little secret to tell you. There's a book that's been out. It's one of the best sellers. It's not by Michael Shoya, for sure. It was inspired by God. It's called the Bible. And for all of you fools out there that are quoting Ezekiel 38, 37, 39, whatever, hike, it, we're not there yet. We're not there yet, okay? And you got to get the difference between Israel and spiritual Israel. We're going to commercial break. See you on the other side. Change in the world one person at a time. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. We know that if America fails, the world will fail. It is incumbent upon us to carry the torch for liberty. America Out Loud Talk Radio. It's a fight for the soul of humanity. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with Oxy Powder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why Oxy Powder is our number one seller. It works. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. Cofix RX Nasal Solution has completed the circle and is now offering throat spray 
with povidone iodine. That completes the protocol doctors like Peter McCullough recommend. If staying healthy is important, you'll want to make sure to add throat spray to your next order of Cofix RX. For a limited time and exclusive for America Out Loud listeners only, you can save 25% off your entire order. Let's double down against colds, flus, strep, RSV, HRV, COVID, and more. Click the banner or go to America Out Loud shop to get 25% off your entire order. Use coupon code OUTLOUD25. That's coupon code OUTLOUD25. Welcome back. You're on the National Security Hour with Dr. Mike, Colonel Mike. And we're going to continue today with Dr. Michael Schroyer speaking about when people do not listen in the intel agencies. Continue, Dr. Mike. The one point that I tried to make during, you know, when I was when I was coming to believe, and I think it was not my belief alone, it was buttressed by the people who worked for me who did uh, enormous amounts of work and successful work, was that the way to look at Osama bin Laden at the time was the, was to think of how the Germans, the German Field Marshal Rommel was looked at by the Allies during World War II. Uh, he, he was what 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 it was what was called then, and I think should be called now, a worthy enemy. Someone who you have to get rid of, you have to kill, you have to defeat. But don't think it's going to be easy because he's going to outsmart you at every turn for a while. And yet when I raised that idea, it was treated as kind of, you know, well, you're you're a fellow traveler with Osama or, you know, and I'm a Catholic kid from Buffalo. So how is this going to work? But, you know, it's it's you have to give the respect that's necessary to an enemy to defeat him. You have to listen to him. And if he seems, you know, like he's off the wall or, or obviously uh, mentally ill, then you can take the chance maybe and say, OK, this guy's not a problem. He's just a nut. But look, at Mike, what- I, could, I could just imagine being in that room with you. And I can tell you what the other guys like. Uh, show you. Did you lose your mind? We're America. Do you know what we have? Do you know what we have? You, you, listen, where did you come from? You know, I've been schooled at the Fletcher School of Law. I went to Dartmouth. I went to Harvard. I went to Yale. Who the hell are you? Uh, Colonel, what do you say? And then another guy says, and, and, and a Major, what do you say? Well, uh, shit, we could take those sand niggers out in a minute. Those yeah. camel jockeys. I could just imagine the conversation. Sand niggers, camel jockeys, right? Who yeah. the hell are they kidding? In yeah. the meantime, it shook the hell out of this country, didn't it? It did. It, uh, it, and it could have been it could have been far less of a draconian afterwards if they had released the 9-11 Commission report, which was prepared on the basis of agency documents, many of which I produced. And they were all redacted to show, uh, to protect sources and methods, as the saying goes. But that archive of documents that were redacted has never been released. And one of the reasons that never been released is because it shows the dimensions of the threat that we were under. It shows continuous efforts by the FBI to uh, undercut anything that they couldn't get credit for in terms of going after Osama bin Laden. It shows that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff decided that bin Laden was not a problem because his his people trained trained on rudimentary um, 
he called it uh, playground equipment. And he wasn't going to risk the list, uh, the, the life of a s- single one of his uh, ninjas for his special forces to go after these people. And, and the American people would understand that, at least in this case, the Central Intelligence Agency delivered everything that was asked of it, but we had no power to kill. And we had no power to, to, to uh, kidnap unless it was authorized by the president. And no way was Clinton going to do that. And apparently the same thing was for Bush. Mike, and, tell us how many presidents denied it. Um, well, Bush did, certainly. Uh, Clinton did. Um, and that's those are the those are the keys. Those especially Clinton. You know, Clinton himself, Colonel, the day after 9-11, he was in Australia and told um, a meeting of uh, high powered businessmen that he could have killed Osama bin Laden anytime he wanted. But then he would be as bad as Osama. You oh, know? so he became a Catholic schoolboy. OK, gotcha. yeah. but I mean, what he said was an exaggeration, but it was true. In the sense that he had, I don't know if he would, it wasn't any time he wanted to, but he had 10 opportunities. And all he did was uh, find reasons not to do them. We also had a, uh, do you remember when we had a destroyer um, hit in, I think, uh, Aden, in the, in the Yemeni port? It was at Oh, Kirk- USS Coal, the coal. The coal. He decided that we would not respond against uh, al-Qaeda for doing it because CIA couldn't provide enough information that proved it was al-Qaeda. And But of course, what he was trying to do is to make sure that Gore was elected if something went wrong in a, in a retaliatory strike. Mm-hmm. The, the point I, I would make is that the, the, same, the same kind of attack was a tried a year earlier on a, also on an American ship in the in that harbor, and it failed because they had put too much uh, explosives in the boat they were going to use. So what we watched when it did happen again uh, was exactly what we knew happened one year earlier at the same time. Mm-hmm. And uh, but th- even when you had hard information like that. It's, it's, oh, what if we kill civilians? Oh, what if we, um, you know, what if the, we be criticized by the Washington Post or the New York Times or, or whatever? And yet we sit here today sending as much arms as we can for the Israelis to kill civilians. Maybe it's a, a different kind of civilian. I, I, I don't know. But the, well, the human beings, they're, they're the same. They're, they're human beings, no matter what you say. Yeah, but I, I guess from a government that sanctioned the killing of 63 million babies in this country, it's a very odd thing to find them worry, worrying about we might kill, for example, when we had a chance to kill bin Laden, that maybe one of his children or his wives might have gotten killed. It's a, it's a, it's a two-faced, they're two-faced bastards, uh, Colonel. And the, the, the face they put to the world should be understood as one greedy, power hungry, and they never have to worry about the Americans caring too much okay. about their country or people. Mike, let's finish on that note. Now, look, look at the, who went to the dinner with uh, Xi Jinping and Biden. Look at the names and look at the companies who attended that dinner. OK, the greedy bastards, like you said. 
the the corporates, the American corporates who do nothing but make money with China, that couldn't give a shit about our freedom, our 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 existence. Let's say, okay, yep. um, that are all in it for themselves, okay. And uh, what did they do? Look, just this past week, uh, Elon Musk, uh, Media's Matter went after him. All these all these advertisers are pulling advertisements out from uh, X, right? Yep. And what because what did he say? What did he say? He's just another victim, Mike. He's another victim. There was uh, Kanye West. Right. Remember him? They took him down half a billion overnight. Bam. Right. I mean, anytime you say something about chosen people, okay, who believe they're the chosen people, okay, not these, but there were in the day. All right. Anytime you say something, you get taken out. Mike, you, you have a you have a full resume about how many times you were taken out, right? Um, because you said things that were true and what you said about the Israeli government, not the Israeli people, but the Israeli government, uh, I, I believe uh, can you tell me how many networks you were thrown off, Mike? You, well, have, a, you have a number? Off Fox, um, off CBS, off of uh, uh, out and from from other jobs. Uh, I lost the uh, adjunct professorship I had at Georgetown, and I was also mm -hmm. writing for a biweekly piece on Al Qaeda for a I can't remember the name of the organization, but it was a prominent organization in Washington. And uh, they held a conference after Obama was uh, elected. Elected, mm -hmm. and uh, he had been a—you know—they thought he was going to be less pro-Israel, and then suddenly, before he was inaugurated, he became part of the anointed. And I—I I said, you know, it looked like uh, that Obama was quickly learning the Tel Aviv two-step. <laughs> and, and my God, you would have thought I—I had—I had. I had uh, I had damned Christ somehow, and but that was the end of that writing job I had. So, and I'm not complaining. It's all part. It's it's they're they're all mad at something I said and something I meant. Uh, so that's they're just in a position I'm not to have the power to. What, what I'm just trying to make a point, Mike, is you were canceled before canceling was cool. <laughs> you, you were canceled before social media was around. I mean, if anybody was canceled, it was you. Okay. And what did you say? You spoke the truth. You well, spoke about. It's too hard to lie all the time because you can't remember what, what you said. But right. if, if you're, uh, you know, I don't know, it, it, truth. What I said, uh, I'm not sure it was truth, but it was the truth as I could understand it from fairly deep study. Colonel. I wrote four books on this and it probably cost me a marriage. But it's uh, it's a it's a situation where you have to wonder how this country has existed since world war ii when it's run by idiots well look at what we have today <laughs> it, 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 there's no better proof than what we have today no you know we have mikey the evangelical now as speaker of the house first first uh, order of duty is a uh, 14.5 billion dollars yep you know and the last guy he had no problem uh, supplying as much money as the ukraine needed right but we're still we're still thinking about um, 
the J6 videos, now that you're in power, now that you have the, you have the whip, you have the gavel, you have all this stuff, uh, where, is, where, is the, where are the videos? Oh, they're coming out and MTG and this one and that one. We're going to see videos. Oh, we got, are these people going to get out of jail because of the fraud? Uh, is the J6 commission going to go to jail for what they did? I doubt it, you know, because it's a uniparty. It doesn't matter. That's exactly right. We had eight people in the Republican Party, you know, the champions of American liberty and the American people, vote against impeaching Mayorkas, who is a, you know, a deep, deep traitor, helping to get uh, Chinese military-aged men and other military-aged men into the world, using U.S. money to build camps for them down in that uh, place in Panama called Darien Gap. And, and they won't even get rid of him, the architect, along with Biden, of the disaster we have with immigration. And we had eight Republicans vote against even impeaching him. Mike, Mike, uh, are, those, are they rhinos? I didn't even look up the names. I mean, you, you remember any names? I don't remember any names. But I mean, uh, if they were rhinos, you know, that's, it's still a surprise to yeah. me. Because it, it just it just shows the depth of their, their distaste for Americans. I'm going to go back to my old saying. The only way you can heal this, one of the many ways, is you primary them. But you don't primary them with a jerk. You primary them with yourself. <laughs> you go in there and you tell them, I got the money and I'm going to roll on you. The only thing they're scared of, the only thing they fear more than death is being primaried. Because when you're in there, you get all the benefits. You get vetted in what, 12, 13 years, right? Yeah. Full golden parachute health care, all the flights wherever you want to go. And then you get to go home and make believe that you really care about the people. Yeah. Now you need really look, even Fetterman, the other day, Fetterman, I don't know, he came out and did something pro Israel. They were like, Oh, our guy, Fetterman. <laughs> Come on, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not Halloween. Yeah. I mean, it's just what's well, happening right now to our country. We're on a, on a quick descent, yeah. all right? And and when it hits the ocean, who knows when. But as long as you have this open border, Michael Yon's report, and Michael Yon is on Twitter or X, whoever wants to follow him, Michael, Y-O-N, great reporting daily, okay, telling us what's happening, telling us what you're going to be facing. Listen, when it comes to hand-to-hand combat in the streets, you know your quarterback and, and your fullback, they're not coming to help you. They're making $20 million. They're going to be hiding Okay, but I'm just telling you, uh, no one's coming to help you and hope that your neighbor is your neighbor. Okay, take a good look at your neighborhood and see if they're your friends or neighbors. Don't make too many enemies because you're going to be shocked to shit when this country gets hit like other countries were internal conflicts. Because these guys coming across the the border, these are bad hombres. You, this is they're going to get you in the shopping center. They're going to get you in the supermarket. And your Congress is going to be hidden behind a fence, underground, protected. All these guys, the Pentagon are going to be protected. And you know what? It's going to be one of these 9-11s again. Gee, we didn't think that would happen. Right, Mike? We didn't think that would happen. We had no idea this was going to happen. These are just a bunch of poor people coming here. Michael Yan put up a video on, on X, by the way, of how bad it is in Guatemala. Their malls are better than ours, Mike. Yeah. They're shopping malls. So why are they coming here? If their malls are better than we got the last couple of minutes. Go ahead, Mike. Take it. Yeah, I 
it, it's just an amazing thing. You know, when you when you look, most times you can't get 525 people in the, the which is I think the number in the Congress between the Senate and mm-hmm. the House. You can't get a majority of them to agree to vote money for malnutritioned children. And now we have 525 of them walking almost in lockstep to give 14.5 billion to the Israelis. There's no one who doesn't want to do it. There's just disagreement over where, where the money should come from to send it. Now, that either suggests that they're automatons and they, they do what they're told, or they know what side their bread is buttered on financially, but also in terms of what what has been gathered on them in terms of uh, blackmail. It's it's impossible to, to have 525 people agree on something that big for a, 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 a donation that couldn't go for worse things in terms of American security. So it's, uh, you know, the problem is enormous, and I don't think there is within the Congress a dozen people who care about America. All right. We're going to have to wrap it up, Dr. Michael Scheuer. Is that your final word? That's more than enough for me, Colonel. (laughs) People are going to be sleeping. I want to thank my co-host, Dr. Michael Scheuer, for a whole hour on the National Security Hour telling you what it was like and what we're facing with the ghouls on Capitol Hill. Hey, we want to thank you for joining us on the mission. The National Security Hour is the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. And you know, I always say we mean that. So with liberty and justice for all, as Malcolm says, we want to sign off with you. And we want to thank you. We want to wish you a great, happy holiday coming up, whatever holiday you're going to enjoy and we will be back monday to speak with you it's always a pleasure again to mikes.us any comments wake up smell the roses they're not on our side and no one's coming to save you that's it for dr mike and i see you next week